Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, welcome to this week's Countryside with Kiri Kumud and Simon Clark, and another horticultural show, but they're all a little bit different, aren't they? And uh, Balaf, I suppose, a little bit newer than some of them, Kiri, but certainly there was no shortage of uh, entertainment and uh, exhibits on display, was there? Oh, no, the hall was absolutely packed with exhibits, and the colours were so vibrant, the flowers, the jars of jam... The children's artwork from, from the Blaff School and, and the Cubs and the Brownies as well. But I couldn't go over how many children were involved. But it was lovely to see the proceeds from the actual show going back into the community. So the, so everybody's supporting it and benefiting from it. Yeah, did they have the set of flags, uh, the banners around there? Because I got uh, invited to open it a few years back and they had uh, all the little... Uh, I can't remember what they called The bunting. Some, yeah. It was bunting. really and, lovely. And they, each one of the uh, community lot did one of them things each and they've all got them up there excellent that also uh, i was down silverdale glen that's a place you like as well kiri isn't it it's so lovely yeah. silverdale and it's very quiet as well but um so much goes on down there as you know all the trees and the bushes and just having that little bit of knowledge to when you're walking down past what you're actually looking at yeah and one person who did explain a lot of the knowledge about it was andre doubledam who was the guest leader on the day uh, on behalf of the southern branch of the manx wildlife trust so we speak to him and the chairman margaret kelly as well and some of the people who were on the walk and also i spoke to nicola pimblet quail um a few years ago, she was picked for the Great Britain squad uh, to represent them in the uh, World Championships of the Carriage Drive. And she's changed now from one horse to two horses and still doing pretty good at it. And she's also started up a bit of a new venture as well. So we'll be finding out uh, how she's getting along at the moment uh, in the programme. So here we are. This is this week's Countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. <laughs> A couple of years ago now, I spoke to Nicola Pimblet quail from Renab Farm in Mackled about her uh, selection for the GB team in the World Carriage Driving Championships. Well, I went along to Renab to find out more about a new venture she's involved with, but first of all, I asked her how things were going on the carriage driving front. Well, that was in 2014. Since then, we campaigned again for another World Championships in 2016. And we made it onto the British team, got as far as Holland on our way to Austria and our horse got injured. So we had to turn around and come back to the Isle of Man with an injured horse. Yeah, it was a bit unfortunate. Fairly devastating. Yeah, it was a bit gutting, but it's one of the risks, isn't it, of having horses competing. On that sort of side, it must be even, you know, the injury and the disappointment of travelling over there. When you compare it with the amount of hours you've done probably training the horses as well, that'd be hard to take, wouldn't it? Yeah, it is, but it's always in the back of your mind. Anything can go wrong with horses, you know, and it's the risk that you take, I suppose, and the thrill of it at the end of it, that you've either made it or you haven't made it. <laughs> is it like a, a single horse event, but with a carriage on the back, a lot of it? Yeah, it is basically the same as eventing, but with a carriage. So you have your dressage, you have your cross-country, you have your cones, which is the same as your show jumping but you're going in between cones of balls on um, that you can knock down well you can't but if you knock them down you get penalties like you would with show jumping and how many horses and competitors are usually in an event when you go to the the world championships and things like that well when you go to a world championship specific for 
what you drive, whether it's pair, single, team. There can be up to 80 competitors with their horses there representing their countries. What about the horses travelling with passports and things like that? Is that a tricky area, taking animals? As long as you know what you're doing and you're organised, no, it's not too bad. Your passports and you have your vaccinations up to date. You get your health paperwork to go into Europe traveling them as long as you you know make sure your horses are regularly fed and watered en route you shouldn't have any issues traveling have you been in competition recently and have you got any eyes on future world championships yeah we've been competing this year it's our first year doing pair we um, started off with a small show in belgium just to have a practice then we came over and did um, one in edinburgh at hopeton house where we won that class and then we were second at Ashfields. We went out to Volkenswaard in Holland and we finished in the top half of the class, which I was really impressed with because that was a world-class class. So hopefully maybe we might be good enough one day to represent Great Britain with the pair. Mm. We'll see. Now you've uh, been doing some trips down to the beach recently. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about that. For the last couple of years we've been doing carriage driving training with others having a go of learning to drive with our small pony that we teach with. They don't have a steering wheel or nothing though, do they? No, they have reins. Mm, yeah. You steer them with the reins and we have dual reins so it's like a learner driver in a car. I have a set of reins and the passenger, well the driver has a <laughs> set of reins so they get to drive. But lately we've decided to start doing it with the pair of horses. A lot of people like going down to the beach. It's beautiful down at Cornet Beach. So we thought we would do it from the Glenmona pub and include a lunch or an afternoon tea and go down to the beach um, in the scenic way and come back and everyone's happy, have a cup of tea and warm up in the pub. This is sort of something that's took off quite well? Yeah, it seems to be um, more and more popular. Obviously the power of Facebook, um, you advertise putting it on there and yeah it does seem to have taken off people are enjoying it two people can go on the carriage be it a couple or family or someone over on holiday wants to take a different way of getting down to the beach and seeing the beautiful scenery this one of the things where we've got the the open top trams and buses that are seen popular and this is like a complete outdoor experience uh, with some beautiful scenery around Mackle, isn't it? Yeah, it is very beautiful and you, you can be of any ability as well. You don't have to be able to ride or ever be near horses before either. You know, that's the beauty of it. You get to have a nice drive down the country lanes with the clip-clopping of the hooves and see it from a different perspective. <laughs> what about the learning to drive the carriage side of it? I mean, how, how long would it take to get up to speed or you're always learning? I think you're always learning. Um, it depends how dedicated a person is as well, how often they want to do it. You know, from the beginning I've trained daily and I'm still learning a lot. And it's nice that people want to come and learn and maybe want to get better at what they're doing. The beauty of being on the carriage is you don't need to have balance either. You can sit on the carriage, you're quite secure. It's like being in an armchair and you've got your reins to steer the pony. And the pony's very well behaved. She'll stand while you get on and off and she knows walk and trot. And she's a very, you know, experienced pony at this. She's 22, so she knows the job better than any of us. Older than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if anyone wants to try this out or experience it, how can they get more information? Well, they can give me a call. Um, call my mobile is probably the easiest way. Um, my number's two three one two hundred. I'm normally answer it, or they can drop us a text, or you can contact us through our Facebook page, which is Manx Carriage Drive and Experience. Nicola Pimblet Quail. 
there telling me what she's up to at the moment and uh, great that venture with the carriage drive and learning people you know who want to learn how to do it because some of, some people are frightened of riding horses so you got a chance to to sort of drive the carriages and that beautiful uh, road that takes you down to Cornet Beach and to the cobbles there and back up to the Glen Mona for lunch it sounds a really good time I might have a go on that one well this is it it's some experience isn't it to be in charge of such a big animal but uh, they're so fierce in the competitions aren't they the competitors and the horses they know exactly what they're doing and yeah to have that standard of of person coaching or showing you what to do it's an absolute privilege yeah, but then carriages you know you see how they can handle two horses pulling a carriage at as fast as they can go around a set of cones in one section <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like the three day event and you know in horses but you've got the carriage on the back of it and of course they, they do the cross country run and a dressage section where the horse actually does the, the dressage with a carriage on the back of it as well so wow. it's a, a lot of um, coordination needed between the, the horses and the, the person who's driving the carriage and the ballast person on the back as well. This is a heck of a bond to have isn't it between mm. the three of them and it's, it's such a great sport to watch as well and some of those horses, the hours that go into training them as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good stuff. So uh, let's uh, wish her well. And of course, all the people involved, uh, Libby Priest and all them who uh, do so much of it as well and representing the Isle of Man and Great Britain in these events. So uh, good luck to them all in the future. Well, you wouldn't have fitted a carriage down Silverdale Glen. Let me tell you that, Kiri. I was there <laughs> last week on uh, the invitation of the southern branch of the Manx Wildlife Trust. Uh, they had a walk through the Glen uh, with uh, wildflowers man expert Andre Doubledam, who was uh, leading everyone around and telling us all about the various aspects of the trees and their history and you know their future in a way and the, the flora and the fauna in the area too. And it was a fascinating time. I spoke to some of the people who were actually on the walk some of them uh, for the first time and the first visits to the Isle of Man uh, I also spoke to Andre himself but first of all I spoke to the chairman of the southern branch of the Manx Wildlife Trust Margaret Kelly well Margaret must have been a pleasure today to have uh, so many people out on a on a worrying weather day but um, it's been very enjoyed by everyone that's came along haven't they? we didn't get off to a good start weather wise <laughs> it was a bit damp but the sun has come out. We've had a wonderful tour, a wonderful talk from Andre, and we couldn't have wished for anything better. We got the support, the sunshine, and a huge amount of knowledge passed on to us, so it was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, do you have many outings like this throughout the year? We organise a few events. They're all, they go in with the rest of Wildlife Trust, Max Wildlife Trust events, and can be found on their website for people who are interested. But we try to get people out in the south of the island we have a wetland site at Ballacurry and have events there uh, we have a group of volunteers we're really a focal point for volunteers who help with the wetland site Scarlet Visitors Centre and the events that we have in the south of the island the wonderful thing is that people who have been here today it's the enjoyment of having the walk outside plus hearing somebody talking um, and learning stuff about the Isle of Man countryside isn't it? It's an ideal Sunday afternoon outing for the family a bit of information, some fresh air and some fun. Betula Jack Montei or the Himalayan white birch as name would imply it's not a native but its leaves are fairly chemically <laughs> simple, similar to the native birch which is why it tends to have a lot of the native birch biodiversity but this one hasn't read the books it's got very little on but birch at this time of year is absolutely covered in aphids 
um, and all sorts of things eating there. So let's talk to one or two people who have been on the walk today. We're talking to... So I'm Hannah. And I'm Ming. Now, you're local to the island, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am, yes. And uh, it's been an interesting day and you've brought a friend along with you. Oh, yes. So uh, Ming's visiting from uh, London. So first time come to the Isle of Man. And of course, Andre's my uh, brother-in-law. I've never seen him in full, full uh, flood. Oh, um, right. so uh, it's one of the first two who's you've been on. Yeah, with yes, him, yes. I mean, he always does a bit of this whenever you're going anywhere with him. But I've never seen him in, you, you know, do his uh, uh, spiel. His spiel, the, yeah. exactly. Yes. But it's yeah, been yeah. a fascinating yeah. reaction from everyone here, hasn't it? And there's been so, so, so much to see in such a small area. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Good mixture of the uh, native trees and the uh, and the introduced ones and. You know, and thinking about the the value of the trees for the wildlife. Well, let's get yeah. Ming's perspective yeah, yeah, on it. Yeah. You're you're from London, so you won't see many areas like this, will you? Well, um, I, I grew up in Yorkshire actually, so I'm not entirely uh, a town person. But mm-hmm. but yes, yes, very uh, very interesting to come on this nature tour, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, especially woodland and sort of learning a lot about all the different kinds of trees. You know, Andre's obviously extremely uh, knowledgeable. <laughs> let's talk to Andre himself. Um, let's. What about Silverdale, where we've been in the forest here at Silverdale? We've started at the cafe. So much to see in such a small area. So much to see, so much history. So you've got an ancient woodland, areas that were woodland here long before this was a pleasure garden. Then you've got a century or more of it being a pleasure garden and all the trees and all the wildlife that come along with all the introductions there. So you've got the horse chestnuts and all sorts of other things. And then I suppose there's a period now where it's going back to wild. That's what makes it quite as interesting now for wildlife as it is. It was interesting hearing um, you talking about some of the trees, that the types of trees may not be here in, well, quite a few years' time, maybe. That's probably been the, the story of the new millennium, really, is tree diseases. And tree diseases are coming through every few years that there seems to be a new disease that comes on the scene. It feels like apocalypse sometimes. You just think, well, at this rate, we're not going to have anything left. And yet it seems as though trees prevail. Yes, a few species might go. And then trees can adapt. A few resistant ones come through. So what seems like apocalypse now, maybe in a few generations, will just seem like a blip. Wildflowers of man, of course, you've been involved with for many years. Is, is that a place of interest here as well for that side of it? Definitely. The soils here are on limestone. Limestone gives a very, very different botany to most of the rest of the island. So you find things here that would be very restricted elsewhere. So that makes it very interesting, yes. What about, the? because there's little rivers and quite wetland around it, yet there's higher bits that are a little bit drier. I suppose it does make it interesting for different species and varieties. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, where the river cuts away little kind of mini cliffs, you get all sorts of things growing on there, lichens and mosses that, um, that require that sort of bare substrate. And as you say, the, the wetlands, there's lots of tiny little pockets of wetland where you'll find in the spring you'll come along and there's um, patches of king carp and all sorts of things. People were interested, um, I suppose people who know a little bit about trees, they, you spoke about the ivy growing on the on the barks of some of them and a lot of them thinking how scourgy it is. Mm. But when you talk about the wildlife that it's helping. Yeah, I try to, the analogy I use for, for ivy is it's, um, it's a wildlife skyscraper. So if you've got a 20 metre high tree with 20 metres of um, ivy growing up it, that's 20 metres where you've just got a column of nesting, roosting for bats, insects, birds, across the board. 
And without things like ivy, there would be far fewer bats. There would be far fewer nesting bird opportunities. A lot of the insects would have absolutely nowhere to overwinter. So it's a really critical part of the ecosystem here. Andre Doubledam, the leader of the walk through the forest there, the Silverdale Glen, and I had to have a go on the little roundabout while I was there as well. And also uh, Margaret Kelly, who's the chairman of the Southern Branch of the Manx Wildlife Trust. And also uh, Hannah and Ming, who uh, were there on the walk as well. Ming, uh, her first time on the Isle of Man as well. So uh, just something different for, I suppose, from the middle of London. But uh, grew up in Yorkshire, so I suppose plenty of trees there to talk about. Well, Andre's so experienced and, and what an insight into the Isle of Man's countryside they get when they come to visit and go on his walks. It's an absolutely beautiful place, Silverdale. We're very lucky. Yeah, and the weather wasn't great, but it was great to see about 18 people on it on the day as well. You know, you've got the, the rivers running either side oh. of you and just trees, all types of trees. You know, there was chest, horse chestnut trees and um, ash trees beech trees, birch trees, were all sorts of things that were in the middle of it, just in that small area. So it was very, very fascinating. And uh, these things, they're great. You know, if any of the members of the public listening to this Countryside programme hadn't been on any of these, ran by all, all of these volunteers uh, most of the time, um, that are so knowledgeable and wanting to pass on this information, get on one of them. You can combine the walk and learn something about uh, the preservation of the countryside as well. This is it. And also when you're walking in the glens, you don't take in what's around you a lot of the time. So a little visit on one of these trips and you, you take in so much more when you go out again in the Manx countryside. So yeah. it's, it's a real benefit to everybody. Yeah, because there's some beautiful, um, there was an example there of a little bush like a St. John's um, wart, whatever it is, type of bush. But it had all beautifully coloured berries on it. And oh. Little Timmy was there, just <laughs> getting them in his hand and Andrew's going, don't they're poisonous there. <laughs> You know, so you live and learn, but whether they're that poisonous, but you know, just watch what you're eating when you're out there. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. It's that time of year again where you can show off your efforts that you've been putting in at home in your gardens. I went along to the Blaff's 40th Horticultural Show to catch up with some of the people that displayed their wares. Edgar, you've had the wonderful job of opening the 40th anniversary horticultural show here in Balaf today. What a fabulous job. Great honour, actually, and a privilege to be involved. Uh, not so much now, but as I used to be, but I was on the original committee and set up in the spring of 1977 wow. as part of the Queen's Jubilee uh, celebrations, or the the programme for it for the village. And we had a wonderful year that year, and uh, then we set up the show led by Willie Keenan, who was uh, chairman of the commissioners at that time, and he actually sort of floated the idea, and we took it from then. The principle of it was, at at that time, was that the profit from the horticultural show was put back into the youth generations in the village, like the Cubs, Guides, Brownies, Scouts, all those organisations in the village. And it's like that today still, isn't it? Still like that today. Any little organisation that wants a little bit of funding or financial help, the committee look at it and that's where the funding goes to. They don't send it all because they keep a bit for next year's show, but that's where the principal part of it and that's the principle of it and they really invest in, in the children of today for the people that are going to run the show maybe in the future so it's amazing how where does 40 years go? This is it it's gone in a flash but today it is beautiful sunshine here in Balaf. Lovely. 
great uh, and we've been fortunate since we've held it at the bowling club here for the last three years we've been blessed with a lovely day like today. Jill Dixon you're a chairperson of a very successful 40th horticultural show here at Balaf. it is absolutely manic. <laughs> It is manic, but all good fun on the day. And uh, the sun has shone for us today after uh, a miserable week for the flowers. Um, but we've had a fantastic display. There's absolutely everything in it. You couldn't fit another item in this hall, as we can see with the marquee too. Yes, we had to extend this year with um, all the kids' um, craft entries. And we've got lots of new classes this year. We've got the be in the bug environment and um, we've got craft made from recycled items um, craft made from kits so and um, the children have really loved being involved and you know lots of effort goes into all their entries for the day and they've put on a superb display they really have but I, I quite admire some of the preschool entries this is a new class also it is and start them young and keep them keen and then hopefully you've got them hooked then to keep coming back and supporting the show but it's been serious competition there's brothers and sisters taking part i can imagine there's a few fights at home tonight you can always hear the groans when some of the results come through and people go oh really <laughs> but it's all done in good spirit and um and yeah if there wasn't competition it wouldn't be quite so much fun so yeah it keeps it uh, keeps it alive for us one of my favourite classes here today was the animals made out of vegetables. That was absolutely brilliant. Some of the creative ideas they've had is just phenomenal. There were some brilliant entries this year in the um, vegetable animals. Um, I mean, one of my favourites was the monkey. Um, somebody had done a monkey and that was, that was really good. But you can tell the, the entries that have been made by the kids themselves. Um, I, obviously, there is a little bit of um, parent, parental help. But, um, but, you know, the kids, once they let, let loose with their um, cocktail sticks and, um, you know, a trolley full of shopping, then who knows what they can create. <laughs> but there seems to be fierce competition in some of the adult classes as well. Some of the cakes there are spectacular. There is indeed, yes. Um, and there's quite a few trophies actually for the cakes as well. So, you know, and we've got some beautiful trophies, so they are hotly contested. And um, yeah, it's always nice to see new winners as well. We've had lots of new entrants today to the show, new people to the show. And it's great to see them going away with some trophies as well. So hopefully they'll come back and support us next year. It seems to be a very community orientated show. It's just all age groups here, it's for everybody. It is for everybody and I think as well because the um, money goes back into the youth groups of the community um, so we support Mums and Tarts, the Children's Day Committee, um, the Cubs, Beavers, Brownies, Guides, you name it, you know, there's about six or seven um, um, community groups that we support and the Junior Bowls of course as well who have had their, um, their open here today. Um, and yeah, I think that helps bring people along and support as well, knowing that it's going back into the youth of the community. Lisa Kelly, you were one of the, the main winners here today. You won the chocolate cake section and also the preserves. Yes, I did. Over the moon. Over the moon. I am over the moon. How much time and effort goes into preparing for an event like today? Honestly, two hours last night. So do you do cakes as your, as your day job as well? I do them every now and again for people. Friendly requests. So what made your cake that much different to everybody else's today? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, don't know. And you also won the preserve section. That's always a hotly contested section too. It what is. did you choose? I did the um, blackberry jam. From the hedgerows around Bluff? From the hedgerows. <laughs> yes, down the line. Are they good at this time of year, the blackberries? Or, or do you have to be a little bit? Mm. Certain areas. Certain areas are good. 
depends where you get them from. Tim Baker, the end of a very successful horticultural show here in Balaf. It was a splendid afternoon for everybody. Absolutely, huge turnout from the community and a fantastic uh, display of uh, food and vegetables and cakes and, and then a superb auction at the end of it which must have raised you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds for local good causes which is, uh, which is just great and uh, community really coming together. Do you think it's something that's really essential within a community? I do, people need to come together and meet and, and share life, not, not just be sat in their own homes watching the big screen TVs and uh, eating takeaway pizzas, they need to, <laughs> need to be out in, interacting and there's a really strong community in this area, particularly in this village of Balaf, it's uh, really impressive and we had the kids outside playing bowls and there was coaching going on and it's just just tremendous uh, example of the community. That was MHK Tim Baker, Lisa Kelly, Jill Dixon and Edgar Cowan, captain of the parish. Also on that day there was a very big event outside at the Crown Green Bowling, the Junior Championship and I caught up with Tony Quine to see what was going on. It's a busy day every every Saturday through the summer because we have, well, the most we've had this year is 29 on a single event <laughs> and as you can imagine it's quite full when there's 29 young bowlers on the green. Today at least there was only uh, 19 for the knockout competition we've got going on at the moment. But this is a special day I assume? Yes, this is the Blaff Junior Championships. We do play a league through the summer months and yeah. school summer holidays and there's 17 games played in it. Actually have our league winner standing alongside of us here, <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, well Sh done. Shannon didn't lose a game and she actually won the league in the last game against her sister, Maddie, who's playing in the final here. And she won by one point, which gave her the win in the, in the league. Maddie, Maddie drew one game more than Shannon. She didn't lose a game all season. Shannon was unbeaten all year, so that's how she won the league. Wow. But as you can see, Maddie's a very good bowler. Maddie yeah. won this competition last year. Because you always think of, of bowls as being an older person's sport, but clearly this is completely wrong. Oh, yes, yeah. We try to get all the young ones involved because they're the future of the club and it's the future of bowls. Yeah. I mean, you can see my T-shirt here for the Manx Youth Games. Yep. We do enter a northern team for the Manx Youth Games and we do have the, the guys practising here for the Manx Youth Games, which is another great event of children from all the island. Well, so when there is competitions put on for them, they'll obviously attend and it gives them something to work forward to. Oh, yes. Like for Shannon here and, and Maddie, Patrick, they enter the club competitions, they're members of the club, they enter the club competitions and they join in with the adults uh, playing the games and... As you can see, their standards are very high, and they can they can uh, compete with the with I'm saying adults, uh, yeah. the young adults themselves, but. Uh you know, they can compete with seasoned bowlers. They are really, really good. But today here in Balaf, it is a very busy day for the community. And to have this on the side, it just shows that it's a very youthful village. Oh, yes, it's it's a wonderful venue. Balaf has got to appreciate this place because there's not many villages on the island with a facility like this. And to be able to open a, a superb hall and kitchen up for the community is just fantastic. And to have a green of this standard on the doorstep as well. It's just wonderful, really. That was Tony Quine talking about the Crown Green Bowling Championship. Very lovely community they've got there with the shows and uh, very proud of it. And it's just great the way that they're putting the money back into what what um, organisations they've got in the village as well, isn't it? It's a really great idea. And, and obviously these children are benefiting from it, from the, 
the beavers and the guides and whatever organizations there are but it was it was so passionate that day everybody was so happy and willing to take part and it was really fab day out yeah and then of course the bowling there they've got a lovely green there which they all started themselves and there's still a lot of the founding members are still involved in it as well which is great it was really great to hear how long it had taken to construct and all the different measurements and levels and what effort goes into an actual bowl and green it's just really fascinating and it's just a great day out for everybody and there's so many children they dashing in to see if they'd got a prize on on their art or their vegetable animal that they'd made for the show it was really really enthusiastic yeah, the great thing is that in, in conjunction with that bowling competition that they're producing some pretty good bowlers uh, for the future of the Isle of Man as well this is it the Manx Youth Games are, are picking some of these up and going into bigger competitions there's some real talent coming through as Tony mentioned and good luck to them yeah indeed Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual well there great to see that uh, everything's still going well for Nicola Pimblet Quail there from an ab and a new venture there that uh, she started as well, you know, to get more people involved in carriage driving, you know, making them learn, um, having a go at the controls and the reins, so to speak, you know, with, with great uh, tuition as well, you know, because the horses can uh, be a little bit unpredictable at times, but uh, in great hands there and uh, still, uh, you know, trying to achieve something at uh, world level, which she's done in the past, which is absolutely wonderful. The island has got some very good carriage drivers and one next to us is Linda Christian and she has asked on a number of occasions to come and have a go but being in charge of horses in that situation at that pace, my golly, it's not for the faint-hearted. Yeah, indeed, and Libby Priest as well. She's, uh, I think, away at the moment so good luck to, to them doing a fantastic job for the island. Also, um, the, the walk through Silverdale again, really enjoyed that. The weather wasn't great but it certainly didn't uh, stop uh, everyone enjoying, uh, you know, a nice walk but uh, with some information getting passed along that you you wouldn't have known about, you know, unless you're listening to people like Andre Doubledam, you know, with that vast knowledge. Well, that's right, especially with the Monk's Bridge and the Wishing Well and also the Russian Abbey. What history that there is there involved with it and I see you know, some of these plants and bushes will have been around all those years back as well. Yeah, but as Andre says, some of them may not have a future. They may not be there in 5,000 years' time, <laughs> she said. And uh, another successful show at Balaf, the horticultural show, and uh, great to hear talk, uh, Tony Quine talking so enthusiastic about the, the bowling competition that was run at the same time as well on that wonderful green they've got out there. That's it. They're two oldie-worldy events, but they've really made them modern and so appealing to young people, and they've got a great future ahead of them, especially in Balaf there. OK. All right, we'll see you next week with more from the countryside. So from me, Simon Clark. I'm Ikeri Gomud. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being sure. Terms and conditions apply.